0: Welcome to the Big Presentations Podcast, where we offer encouragement and guidance to those who make big presentations in small rooms. We believe that properly focused practice and preparation result in effective communications. I'm your host, Paul Gibson. Let's get started. Welcome to the Big Presentations Podcast, where today we are... Uh, d- um, oh, shoot. Hey, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh. I just now thought about this. and I can't believe this has never come up before. But when I'm talking, what should I be doing with my hands? Like when I do the show intro, like I feel like I should do something with my hands. But I just now became aware of it. What, else, what should I do with them? <laughs> what? This is a podcast. It doesn't really matter what you do with your hands oh yeah well what if i smack the mic while waving my hands around or what if we're recording video to put on youtube or something i know you like to do that and what if i accidentally hit the live stream button on my on my phone or my computer and then all of a sudden we're live for the whole friggin world what about that wow okay you got me it could matter so let's talk about it aha we'll do that welcome to the big presentations podcast where today we're talking about gestures let's get into the core content Hey, this
1: is Mike with Big Presentations, and today let's talk about gestures. Two general principles that can guide our use of gestures. The first is to be natural. Your gestures should be a natural extension of who you are and how you say things. But there is one exception to this rule. If you are naturally really awkward, then you may need to work on adjusting What your natural way of communicating is. Because if you are overly awkward, then people are going to focus more on your gestures than on what you say. And you want to avoid that problem when presenting. You want people to be able to remember your content so they can make good decisions based on what you are telling them. So use natural gestures unless your natural gestures are naturally way too awkward. Uh, If you're not sure where you fall on this spectrum, then find somebody, a good friend, you know, that friend who always tells you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. Ask them whether your gestures are overly awkward and then believe them. So find that friend and ask them about your gestures. So that's principle number one is to be natural with your gestures. Principle number two is to take into consideration the size of the room. Your gestures should make sense given the size of the room. So the smaller the room, the smaller the gestures involved. But if you had more space in your room, then you can use larger gestures. And you really should use larger gestures because the larger the room, the greater the chances that someone is sitting further away from you. And those large gestures allow them to still be able to see you. And to catch the kind of the vibe of your presence. If your gestures are too small, then you may look insecure or like you're trying to hide something, especially if you are in a big room. So the size of your gestures should somewhat be determined by the size of the room that you are in uh, and the size of the space that you have to work within. Uh, If there's a lot of things around you, uh, for example, if you're presenting in a conference room and the space that you have to work with is pretty small and there's stuff all around you, maybe there's a laptop that's just within reach. Maybe there's a water pitcher over here that's being used for refreshments. You don't want people to be worried about your presentation, worried that you're going to knock over the water pitcher or that you're going to smack your laptop as you speak. So not only do you want to avoid creating that havoc, you also want to avoid creating distraction on the part of the audience. You don't want them worried about whether you're going to hit something. You want them focused on the content of your gestures. So once again, those two principles, those two guidelines are to be natural to an extent and to allow the size of the room to determine the size of your gestures. If you follow these two guidelines, then your gestures are more likely to be a support for your message. They will flow. They will not be distracting. They will make perfect sense given the content of your message. Do this and you will be well on your way to making big presentations in small rooms.
0: So today we're focusing on the non-verbal communications that we create with our gestures. But before we do that, let's review what we talked about during last week's show.
1: Last week, we experienced a great interview with Brooke Rhino. We learned about audience focus, proper practice, and the need to be ready for anything. And a whole lot more. It was just too much to summarize here, so you should go check it out.
0: All right, so if you haven't heard it, go back, listen to it, and we'll be right back with plenty of gestures in just a minute. Stick around. We're so happy that you're listening to this podcast. Give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever the equivalent thumbs up is on your favorite podcasting platform. We so appreciate you. And now we're going to get back to the show. Today, we're talking about gestures and, well, frankly, how to use them in ways that aren't distracting. Yep, there are two things that we need to remember.
1: One focuses on tendencies and the other requires awareness
0: all right cool sounds good now let's throw our hands in the air and wave them around like we're kermit and Fozzie. <laughs> by the way you're Fozzy. I'm i'm sorry
1: <laughs> that would be breaking the first rule because that doesn't seem natural to me at all and the first tip is to be natural this is where we talk about tendencies
0: Okay, so this is going to be fun. Now, <laughs> we're going to deal with the fact that uh, not every tendencies or all tendencies are, are good ones, though, right? That's right.
1: Definitely. And some of those distracting tendencies are in our blind spot. We, we can't see them. And there are at least two
0: reasons for this. Okay. I think I know what one of them is. All right, cool. cool. So what do you think? it? I think one reason is that a lot of our tendencies are unconscious and we don't realize that we're doing them at all.
1: That's right. Yeah. Now, this doesn't mean that all unconscious tendencies are bad. It does mean that the bad ones can go
0: uncorrected because the presenter is unaware of them. They just don't know they're doing it. So some tendencies could be good, but that's good to know. But how do you know which ones are the good ones and which ones you just need to change? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the answer is all about one word, effectiveness. If the tendency makes the presentation more effective, then it's a good one. If it makes it less effective, then you know it really needs to change. And oh, this this, this reminds me of one of my favorite movies from, from the 80s, Popeye, starring Robin Williams. Man, he is just brilliant. But the character I want to talk about is Olive Oil. Played by Shelley Duvall.
0: Okay, okay, yes, yes. I do love that character in that movie. The way Shelley Duvall captures, like, the weird, awkward, fluid movements of a cartoon character is perfect. And let's face it, she was born to play Olive Oil. She is built like Olive Oil. (laughs) She didn't have to do much. It was like a wardrobe change.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's it's so beautifully awkward. And when I think of the movie... I can't remember a single line, but I can easily recall all those
0: awkward movements. Okay, so I see where you're going here. As presenters, we want our content to be remembered. We don't want our movements to overshadow our words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, so it goes back to this idea of effectiveness. Now, this does not mean that our gestures have to be perfect by the traditional rules of presentations but they do need to be effective they should support the message and not
0: distract from okay this sounds like an idea that we discussed in the episode titled presentation perfection is well overrated uh we talked about how imperfections can be branded and can be part of your identity as a presenter good good recall there i'm impressed
1: yeah, that so that principle holds true regarding gestures. Think of your favorite public speakers, your favorite leaders. They probably have a gesture that's part of their their character, and it might even be an imperfect gesture, but it supports
0: their brand. But this concept could be dangerous if it's used as an excuse to do whatever comes naturally for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We
1: got to be careful. And this carefulness leads us to the second reason many people have blind spots.
0: Oh, goody. A second reason. So what is that? The second reason
1: is that no one has revealed their blind spots to them.
0: Ah, right, right. I see how this could be a problem. People want to be nice, they don't want to embarrass their friends or their coworkers or their boss. So they don't say anything, <laughs> and the blind spot just lives on to gesture another day.
1: <laughs> yeah, this could be so tricky for those who notice the blind spots. They know that it'll be embarrassing for the presenter to learn about that blind spot. They also know that the quality of the relationship should be taken into
0: account. Yeah, yeah. There are good reasons why blind spots might not be ever brought up. And because it could be, well, painful and and uh, relationally risky to uh, say, hey, bud, you know what you do yeah. with your hands? Yeah, it's stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> of course, the way you say it could so also it, impact the, it, the way it's received. I mean, uh, it could. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you big dummy, what are you doing? <laughs> So if you're a
1: presenter, you need to try to find trustworthy people who will gracefully reveal your blind spots and ask them, ask them to help you.
0: And if they're good friends, they can help you behind the scenes and you can learn to make changes without having to be put on the spot in front of people. Because few things are worse than finding out about your blind spot after the presentation. Yeah. Or right in the middle of it.
1: Excuse me. Excuse me. Just want to let you know. You're doing this really distracting thing. So the goal is to have natural and effective gestures that support the message and don't distract from it.
0: And I think that one of the things that can almost universally be a distraction rather than something that helps embrace and support the message of a presentation is just when the gestures are too big. I mean, if every time you talk about something being big, you just throw your arms wide open, it probably is a little distracting. Uh, You know, you need to try to kind of keep it reined in a little bit because really big ones are going to be distracting almost without fail, at least for me, because I've seen some some people that's like everything's big and that's fine. That may be who they are when they're having a normal conversation. But maybe if you're trying to get people to pay attention to the words,
1: it, it might be a distraction, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we have to we have to take into consideration whether or not people are going to be paying more attention to our movement than they are to our words, more attention to our gestures than they are to our content. Uh, So we want it to be natural, but we also want it to make sense and not not be distracting. So that's that's that first tip. We want to be natural. This week we're talking about gestures. And if you would like to know more about both the nonverbal and the verbal side of your presentations, if you would like to know how to better prepare and practice and deliver big presentations in small rooms, I want to encourage you to go to Amazon and pick up the book. It's called Big Presentations in Small Rooms. You can get it in digital format, in print, or even as an audio book. We'll make sure to have a link for you in the show notes for big presentations in small rooms, the book. The second tip is to respect the size of the room and the size of your presentation space.
0: Okay. All right. That makes sense. So in the core content, you talked about determining your gestures by the size of those spaces. So that would make sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's an easy formula. The smaller the room, the smaller the gestures, the bigger the room, the bigger the gestures.
0: Okay, but what about the other thing? What about the size of maybe your presentation space? Uh, How does that work in this? Okay,
1: so the size of the room isn't the only consideration. You might be in a big room that has a small presentation space. Now, in, In my experience, this is rare, but it happens enough to be worth addressing.
0: Okay, okay, so how could this happen exactly?
1: Sometimes a big room will have this small presentation area. It might be due to furniture or due to overcrowding. And either one of those can result in this small presentation space. And when this happens, you got to be careful not to create distractions with gestures that are too big for that space that you're in.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I mean, if your gestures threaten the furniture or the audience members in the front of the space, (laughs) then people will not be hearing you because they're too busy worrying about your gestures and the havoc that they are going to wreak upon the room and maybe on them.
1: (laughs) And that means the gestures are working against you. They're totally distracting from your message rather than supporting.
0: it. Oh, that reminds me of a classic character from uh, from SNL Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you what are you thinking about? Yeah, the, the one of the most favorite sketches that uh, that Chris uh, Farley did on SNL. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I know which one you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think it's called uh, Van Down by the River. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, it's a perfect example of how gestures can be too big for the room that you're in.
1: Yeah, he, st- he stomps around and swings wildly as he accompanies his motivational speech with massive gestures
0: he, he does more than threaten the furniture he actually destroys the furniture which is not the goal when you do a presentation in real
1: life <laughs> it was super super funny but we, we don't want to be that guy we don't want to be people who are going to make other people worry About our gestures.
0: Yeah, his gestures did not follow the formula. The room was small. His gestures were big. And let's be real here. He's a big guy to begin with. So big gestures, big guy equals problems. Uh, So when presenting, don't be the van by the river guy.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Don't be olive oil and don't be the van by the river guy. Be natural and make sure that your gestures fit the space
0: that you're working in. That's right. And Now, some people, though, are are the opposite of Chris Farley. Their actions are, are too small for the space, which isn't good either. Uh, true,
1: true. Yeah. And this happens most often when people are presenting in bigger
0: rooms. So here's here's kind of what comes to mind for me. And I've seen this a few times. You go see an artist that may be very popular, but they don't. They don't have a whole lot that they do. They're not like KISS where they're just like running all over the place with fire everywhere and rope ladders like a Garth Brooks concert or something. Instead, they're a very kind of quiet artist, but there's something kind of almost distracting about one person with one guitar standing in front of thousands of people on a huge stage, but they're just in the middle, sitting on a bar stool, one microphone. It's like, well... I get that that's what you do, but it seems distracting that you're not using any of this space that you have. Even if you were just casually walking back and forth, you're using the space, but you're just you're just in one spot right in the middle of the stage. And that's kind of odd.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My youngest kid has had a a lot of opportunity to perform on big stages with music. And she had a mentor who told her about this, this concept. It said, you know, you 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 tend to use small gestures that are close to the body, but you know, you're standing in front of fifteen hundred people on a big stage. So you got plenty of of room. And when you have all of that room and you're not using it, well then that creates that creates some problems. And so she she took that advice and she started using bigger gestures and her presence became bigger and stronger and more effective on that
0: stage. Uh, the problem was her, her presence was just too small. Wow, that's true. So that is an example kind of of what, what we kind of alluded to earlier, that what happens when stage presence is, is just too small.
1: Right, yeah. It creates tension in the audience because they feel that this presenter is insecure. And for some audience members, it's distracting because they they empathize with that insecurity and they feel insecure themselves. So they're uncomfortable for others. It could be distracting because they feel like that insecurity shows a lack of preparation or professionalism. And so they lose trust in the content of the message. Either way, either way, the presenter loses and that message is weakened by those gestures that are just too small. So we got to remember that the gestures should make sense given the size of the room.
0: See, now that makes me rethink my statement earlier about like always making like the gestures that were like way too big. Maybe if you're in like an arena, really big gestures make kind of sense because you're using the space. But if you're in a boardroom... And you're talking about how big the numbers are for this week. I mean, that just seems kind of weird. So Right. You're, you're like the van by the river guy. Yeah. Then you're that guy. It's like, oh, sorry, Frank. I didn't mean to slap you there. Sorry. Sorry. But the numbers were big. I mean, they were this big. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah. So if we can use gestures that are natural, that that end up fitting the room that we're in, then we end up with more success in our communications. The gestures should support our content and not distract from them. that's the biggest thing right. even if the gestures aren't the biggest thing so when we do these things of course we're on our way to making big presentations in small rooms and don't have too big of gestures in that room because it's a small one yeah, <laughs> right yeah gotta keep them closer keep them in. don't smack <laughs> anybody right sorry frank <laughs>
1: As you listen to this podcast, you may be thinking, man, I would like to have more conversations about the work I do that involves presentations. I would like to be able to have a a community where I can ask questions and receive encouragement. Well, there is one waiting for you. The Workplace Presentations Hub is a Facebook group for people whose work involves presentations. So if that's you, go there. Join up now so you can receive encouragement and guidance at the Workplace Presentations Hub.